Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jennifer Lohman. Jennifer, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Jennifer is a CFP and EA and founder of Wildflower Financial. I'm excited to have you on. Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Uh, yeah. So I live in Santa Cruz, California. I've got a, a great family. I've got three kids and a husband and um, been here for a good long time. Uh, my youngest just graduated from high school this past weekend. So okay. it's kind of a landmark for us. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and um, I, I kind of came into what I do, financial planning, uh, partly because I was interested in, fi- in personal finance for a long time, just within my family, and then really what drove me to train myself to do it professionally was um, kind of experiencing some difficulties that my mom went through. My mom had some financial challenges that I think if she had had better advice, uh, she might have avoided some, um, you know, kind of major financial um, challenges that she still really hasn't overcome. So uh, that that was what spurred me. I thought, you know, I think I want to train myself so that I can help other people avoid the mistakes that she made. Um, yeah, that's kind of like how I decided to uh, become a CFP. And as I was going through that training, I decided, I discovered about myself that I really like taxes, which is not that common. But it <laughs> weird. <was. laughs> I know it seems weird, but they are such an interesting puzzle. And if you take the time to learn the rules and learn how a tax return works, um, each one is a, a kind of a, an interesting adventure, a puzzle, trying to get everything to fit together just right. And I think that just um, spoke to something in me that um, I didn't quite realize was there until I started uh, the CFP training. So I went on and added the enrolled agent designation so that I could um, include a lot of tax analysis, tax planning, and some tax preparation in my practice. Well, I definitely appreciate that. That's uh, taxes are are one of those things, not unlike investing and everything else. That's that I think the thought of it, it it's kind of so abstract and so intimidating and confusing. So to be able to sort of coach and help people through that, as well as as the other aspects of their financial world, is I'm sure extremely valuable for for your clients and the people you work with. So I appreciate that. And I, I think that we have similar experiences. My my parents split up when I was five, and I know that my mom, I don't know that she ever ever really financially got her ducks in a row after that, um, but I know she would have very much benefited from uh, a good, somebody to, to guide her through that process. It's such an emotional time, um, and when we're emotional, we tend to not make great financial decisions. So... I, I empathize with your situation. What, what, what do you think that that your mom would have needed? Well, um, 
I mean, it, that's hard to say. I, you know, how far back does, um, you know, does it go as far as like when some good financial literacy could have could have really helped. It probably could have helped a really long time ago. But uh, what I witnessed her experiencing was she she received an, a kind of small inheritance, a, a modest inheritance, and um, relied on um, some advisors who I don't think actually had her best interests uh, in mind <laughs> it, with with the advice that they sure. gave. And uh, it was really sort of watching that happen and um, kind of helping her pick up the pieces afterward that made me realize that um, the CFP designation with the fiduciary standard was the way I wanted to go. And I felt like that was the one thing that would help me be able to guide people uh, with uh, advice that was really in their best interest. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that's such an important thing, obviously, to whatever it is that you're doing um, if you're building homes or you're helping people with their financial situation whatever your motivation is i think that, that is so key as opposed to being motivated by money it's helping people to to make good decisions so so why uh why wildflower financial uh well uh back in an earlier um little career jaunt of mine uh when my uh when i only had one child before i had the other two i owned a, a nursery a plant nursery a, an herb and perennial nursery in rural virginia and um i just developed a love for plants for gardening for everything having to do with uh flowers uh, all kinds of flowers not just wildflowers so um, it's a theme that has run through my life for a really long time. I'm uh, an avid gardener, although my home garden is a little wild right now. <laughs> uh, but I, when I, when I was sort of searching for a name, I wanted something that spoke to uh, who I am. And then there's also a lot of nice imagery around wildflowers in that they can kind of spread their seeds in a far direction. They can be pretty hardy. They can stand up to uh, the winds of change. So, so there's there's a little of that in there too. Well, I appreciate that, and I think that the framing is such an important and valuable thing, particularly when we're talking about money and taxes and stuff like that. How do you liken um, somebody's financial situation to gardening? Ah, uh, well, you know, you got to plant seeds somewhere, mm -hmm. and then you have to nurture them. You got to tend them. Uh, you got to kind of deal with, um, you know, random invasions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that come at you, uh, you know, you, you, you can change your garden at, at any point, right? You can, uh, it's nice to have a solid garden design in the beginning. So the financial planning can kind of, uh, help with that. Um, but you can make changes over time. And, and that's, uh, that's something that I also try and remind my clients is that if you're moving in a certain direction and you decide things need to change or something happens in your life, or things aren't working very well, uh, you can modify. Yeah, I think that there's so many great, great uh, similarities or great metaphors when it is, you know, planting a field, planting a garden, and being deliberate, mindful, uh, intentional about what it is you want your garden to look like, because you certainly could just, you know, get a big square earth and make the soil ready and then see what grows out of it. Or you could be extremely intentional and say, I'd like this here and this many there. Um, 
But then you also need to be a constant gardener, right? You need to be monitoring these things consistently, just like your investments, just like your financial plan, because you will have to use your the term you used. Um, I don't remember if you said invaders, but things will come up. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking weeds, insects, uh, you know, freak ice storms. You, you know, you have to be prepared to weather those kinds of things in mm-hmm. your garden and in life with your money. Right. <laughs> I, I, there's this great, uh, great quote. I think it's Jack Canfield, perhaps, or Cornfield, rather. He talks about how you need to tend to the parts of your garden that, that that you can reach. And so there's so much in our financial lives that are not in our control, um, yet we worry about them when we really probably ought to be spending more time on the controllable things. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. That's something that um, I probably bring up in um, every meeting that I have with a client uh, is, is to focus on things that you can control. You, you can't control the market, uh, you, but you can think carefully about your asset allocation. So in terms of investments, that, that is one thing that you can try and focus on. Um, but the main things that you can control are uh, spending and uh, what you can save and earning. So, you know, when you're looking toward retirement, for example, uh, working a little longer might might be in the in the picture for you. Uh, that is something that you may or may not have control over ultimately. But um, how much you spend, how much you save, how much you earn, uh, those are a little bit more in, con- in your control than uh, what the market's going to do today or tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, I think that's practically such an important thing is, you know, you from an action standpoint, really focus on things you have control over, but also from a headspace standpoint, uh, I know that I know I need to be mindful about what I'm letting into my head. And just frankly, over the past six months, I was paying too close attention to politics, and I think that it was sort of making me a little bit crazy. And so I've purposely tried to let a little bit less of that into my head. I think that if people are paying attention to the markets every day, it'll probably make them go crazy as well. Right. And I always remind people that when we're talking about investing in the stock market, we are uh, thinking a bit more long term. We're not looking day to day with that. Um, it's important not to completely ignore it, but you can go a little crazy if you watch it day to day. And if you need that money tomorrow, it probably shouldn't be invested in the stock market. Mm, right. So, <laughs> uh, we, I like to make sure that people have their frontline emergency fund in place and that they know where their basic spending uh, money for the short term is going to come from. And um, if, if we don't have those things in place, then we've got to kind of pull back and, and look at the allocations a little bit. Appreciate that. Your experience as an enrolled agent, somebody that, that, that has a passion or at least a love of taxes, or at least you like them, or you're interested <laughs> in them. <laughs> but I'm putting... Put a lot of big uh, words in your mouth right there. Um, what are there certain things that, that you wish that more people knew or understood about about their taxes, or common problems you find that people make? Uh, well, it, it varies. I think that these recent tax law changes have really thrown a lot of people for a loop, and it's not um, it's not their fault that that they're confused. Uh, but I think that there's been a lot more awareness uh, that people are are taking about they're withholding. So people who have a regular W-2 paying job, uh, 
actually have control of how much they have held out of their paycheck. Hmm. And um, when you get a big refund, that means that you've probably been withholding more than you needed to. And if you owe a lot, it means you probably didn't withhold enough. And there are things you can do throughout the year to kind of correct that. Um, one area that I see with, with a lot of the clients that I work with is, um, people get paid with, uh, stock comp company stock compensation. So they get paid with, um, equity in the company they work for. And a lot of times they haven't lined up their, um, tax withholding to match, uh, the income they're getting from that stuff. So that's one kind of example. Um, also, in general, for everyone, I try and remind people not to let taxes completely rule every decision, but to not forget about the role of taxes in their financial lives. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I would have to imagine that the majority of the vast majority of Americans probably only think about income taxes once, and that's, or at least rather one one time a year when it's actually time to file them, and. So there's just those little things along the way that you, if you were paying attention to, if you were a little bit more mindful of, would probably pay dividends. So, Right. Once you have file your taxes in April, for example, uh, there isn't a lot you can do to change what happened in the prior year, which is the year you're filing the tax for. And uh, so when you think about taxes all year long, like I do, um, there's strategic things you can do to try and save on them, plan for them, plan ahead. Uh, and that's just kind of part of what I bring into the whole financial planning, planning picture that, um, connects to taxes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. In terms of just overall, overall financial planning, do you find that, that there's through lines on what your successful clients, what, what, people who are financially successful or just successful in life, do, do they have certain habits that, that you can point to and give advice to, to others? Uh, well, I think maybe the number one uh, thing that I see with clients who, who are successful in achieving their financial goals is that they don't pay attention to what other people are doing. Hmm. Uh, they they stick to their own plan. They create the plan that works for them and what they want to do with their lives, and um, they stick with it, and they're committed to it. And whether or not they seek out advice or do the research themselves, it's the ones who really set a plan for their own picture and don't worry about what their neighbors are doing. I think that that is such important advice right there. And do you think that the people are maybe wired that way or is that something that, that we can learn? Well, I always have hope that people can learn that. I, I don't think that it's just uh, genetic that, that you would be um, able to, to close out the noise, but I do think it takes practice and I think it's a challenge in our culture to overcome the uh, tendency to focus on what others are doing, but I think everybody has the uh, potential to to put their phones down. <laughs> to put their phones down, yeah. To to uh, remember that the phone is not reality, and mm. uh, you know that that what people are doing on social media is not necessarily what's going on uh, in their bank account. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. What would you say are some of the favorite your the your most favorite parts of of your work? 
Meeting directly with clients is absolutely the thing I like the most. I, I like that um, personal interaction. I like getting to know the people that I'm working with um, and uh, becoming kind of part of their lives. I like developing that trust and feeling um, the the joys of uh, small or large victories along with them. I love it. Well, Jennifer, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right. Well, I thought a lot about this, and um, I think that the advice I would give is to not dwell too heavily on past mistakes. Uh, it is important to learn from those mistakes, but um, I like people not to become too bogged down in them. Uh, and focusing more toward the future, you may or may not need to get help, but if you do need it, get help and, and set some clear goals so that you can um, – create a plan and achieve those goals without letting whatever happened in the past make you think you can't achieve them. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that is extremely timely for me personally, Jennifer. I've been noticing or I guess becoming more concerned that I think that I spent too much time thinking about the past and I should flip-flop that with with future plans or just looking into the future. So how, how would you counsel? That's just how, how, how would you, what, what advice would you give me on, on how to be more mindful about that? Well, I think not judging yourself about what happened in the past is a good first step. Hmm. So you can think about it, kind of analyze it, decide what you want to take from it, what, what you feel like you could learn from it so that you don't do that again. And then, set that new thought into how you move forward into the future. I love it. I think that that's really good advice. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Wildflowerfinancial.com is my website, and I, I uh, try and keep my blog up to date, and uh, that's probably the best place. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jennifer your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Wildflower Financial and check out all the great stuff. Check out her blog. I know I've been on there the last couple of days reading up on everything, and it's all really good stuff. Thanks again, Jennifer. All right. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step step, from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on